Hello and welcome to the Euactive Agri-Food Podcast. I'm Natasha Foote. And I'm Magdalena Pistorius. And here's your weekly update on all things agriculture and food in the EU from Euractive's Agri-Food News team. So as you've heard this week, my right-hand man, Gerardo, is not able to join us as he's feeling under the weather. And uh, it really does feel like I'm missing my my right arm or something. (laughs) It's horrible. It's very weird to be podcasting without him. So get well soon, Gerardo. But as you heard from the intro, the lovely Magdalena from Euractive France has kindly agreed to step in at the very last minute to fill his shoes. So welcome, Magdalena, and thank you for joining us this week. Of course, pleasure to be here. (laughs) It's always a pleasure to have you as well. Um, So yeah, just like the monkey's song, it's uh, me and Magdalena this week. I probably shouldn't have sung, but... I, I don't that. know how many people have sung this song to in your life. I mean, nobody. You're the first, I think. No, I'm yeah. the first. How's it possible? I don't know. Wow, it's people crazy. are really missing a trick. My goodness, it's an excellent song. Wow, it was it was worth singing on the podcast for that. Absolutely, if... thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. And I have to say, even though I am, of course, really sad that Gerardo um, couldn't join us this week, there is something nice about a girl power episode. No, definitely. Yeah, we should do that more often. I know. I know. Sorry, sorry, Gerardo. Sorry, it's girl power this week, and but there's not nearly enough female agri journalists. So, um, having the two of us here, that's quite nice. Makes quite a nice change. I I agree. Yeah. There you go. And also the two of us talking about such a big week. It's been a pretty big week in the agriculture world. Um, what's been going on? Magdalena, what's happened this week? Anything? No, nothing. Nothing. No, nothing at all. No, well, the, uh, the cap happened. We were actually both in Strasbourg this week. Mm-hmm. We also met for the first time in person. We did. It's been uh, huge. <laughs> yes, and actually assisted the, um, the, well, the, the final cap vote. Big, after so long covering and following this long, long road to the cap reform. Yeah, as Magdalena said, um, it's been officially signed and sealed this week because lawmakers in the plenary gave their green light to the reform of the common agricultural policy. And yeah, also our first ever time in Strasbourg. Can you believe it? <laughs> no, I can. <laughs> no, it's actually quite amazing. It was, it was re- I think it was really special to be there covering it in person. No? I added That's like an extra... Great extra layer of of excitement to be there um, yeah definitely it's much better than just watching people talk on the internet yeah definitely and like you know it's very weird being in in the corridor and seeing <laughs> seeing everyone just walking past you saw the commissioner no you saw exactly. yeah just wandering past commissioner Wojcicki oh hey um so that was fun and uh MEPs also had a lot of fun this week, I'm sure, with the, with the vote and with dealing with everything. Um, not everyone was as happy as, with the outcome as others, but we'll hear more about that later on. Um, so this reform passed with a, a wide majority, despite all the calls that was going on from campaigners to scrap the cap. And if you're wondering what we're talking about, let me just have a, a quick refresher. So this cap reform was proposed by the European Commission back in 2018. It was informally wrapped up in June, adopted by the Council of EU Agri-Food Ministers a couple of days later, um, and provisionally approved by the Parliament's Agri-Committee in September. And it has now been signed and sealed. Done deal. Finally. Finally, finally, it feels so long. Um, yeah, so this cap 
aims to have a more kind of flexible performance and results-based approach, um, taking into account local conditions and needs while increasing the level of EU ambitions in terms of sustainability. And I mean, well, it's silent still. There's still a number of things to sort out, as we'll get to in uh, later on. But basically, it's on track um, to enter into force uh, now on the 1st of January 2023 and will run until 2027. But this has been a been a contentious, a contentious gap reform. I think it's, I think it's safe to say. Um, so yeah, I mean there was a lot of call. There were a lot of, a lot of debate over this cap reform, and has been for a long time. There still was, even in the parliament this week in the plenary session. So um, we heard many different side uh, points of view from different mm. MEPs. Um, yeah, we listened to the whole session. I mean, who, was anyone a standout for you in that session? There were some interesting points put across, no? Definitely, yeah. Well, I mean, I personally um, paid a lot of attention to the French MEPs, of course. Of course. And so the ones who stood out from my point of view were, of course, uh, well, the Greens, who um, were definitely against this cap and called until the last minute um, on their colleagues to vote this cap down. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we had um, more... Um, tempered views like the ones of Jeremy Desserle, who is the French Renew um, MEP, part of mm-hmm. the Agri Commission too, and who who called his his colleagues to do exactly the same, like um, adopt the cap. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, we definitely there was a range of views in in the plenary session. Um, someone who had a very favourable view towards this cap reform was Irish MEP Chris McManus, and this is what he had to say during the debate um, ahead of the vote. When summing up this new cap reform, the phrase "Don't let perfect be the enemy of good" comes to mind. Yes, there are issues, but supporting this cap locks in hard-won progress. Without doubt, this will be a fairer cap than the last, and again, it can be improved at national level. Um, then some people took a bit more of a balanced view, actually, such as um, leftist Luke Flanagan. Sadly, whether you're in the Commission, or whether you're a member of this Parliament, or if you're a member of the Council, We've let everyone down, sadly. And we have let people down because we could have done so, so much better. Will I vote against this cap? No, I won't, because I think I'd be letting people down again if I did that, because reverting to the status quo would be even worse and an awful lot worse. I don't like it. It's far from perfect, but the alternative is worse. Thank you. But of course, as we've already mentioned, um, this cap reform faced staunch opposition from the Greens, um, who who were really unhappy with the whole deal, um, with the whole compromise agreement. Um, I think MEP Green MEP Tilly Met summed it up quite well in her open in her intervention um, in the debate, and this is what she had to say: For three years, we have been saying that the proposal for the next cap is fundamentally flawed, that it is inadequate to fight climate and biodiversity crisis and the loss of small farmers all over Europe. The text on the table today is still flawed. The Commission, the Council and the negotiators from this House have failed to fix it. This is not a reform or even a stepping stone for reform. 
it's indeed a mess. That, of course, um, despite, you know, uh, many people's complaints and displeasure at the cap vote, um, we, as we all know, it was voted through, as we said, by a large, large majority. Um, and, you know, there was a real range of, uh, of emotions about this. Um, the verdict's kind of out, I think, for the moment, whether we think, you know, it's onwards for this cap reform, but is it upwards? And I think uh, there's a lot of different viewpoints about that, basically. Um, so let's look at maybe the farmers' reactions. So EU Farmers Association Copacajeca welcomed the news of the cap reform, you know, saying that it brings some much-needed clarity and certainty to the farmers and we can start moving on to the next steps of the cap reform but they did highlight that the next steps there are a lot of uncertainties that remain including on the calendar and the implementation both at the eu level and the national level um likewise young farmers association um Seja said you know they called this vote a significant milestone that allows young farmers to look more confidently to the future um bringing the farming community some much needed certainty uh but it wasn't a homogenous kind of uh, welcoming from the farming community because Small Farmers Association, the European Coordination Via Campesina, said that this reform had once again failed small farmers and the environment, and they called it a missed opportunity for small and medium scale uh, producers. So this is, I mean, I think we all know that the the commissioner has quite a... Uh, quite a soft spot for small uh, producers. He actually also mentioned them in his reaction um, to the cap vote. So let's hear from EU Agriculture, uh, EU Agriculture Commissioner Janusz Wojciechowski for his reaction to the outcome of the vote. I welcome today's vote by the European Parliament on the Common Agriculture Policy Reform. It brings us one step closer to a fair common agriculture policy for European farmers. It is clear that the new common agriculture policy has to be fairer. This means not leaving anyone behind. Today, the European Parliament voted for a fairer policy, not only for small and medium-sized family farm farmers, but also for young farmers and farm workers. I will personally ensure that small and medium-sized family farms are not excluded from any intervention or assistance. And what about um, French farmers? Uh, what, how, how did they take the, the outcome of the vote? Were they happy? Were they unhappy? Were they... Tell me, tell me, tell me everything, Magdalena. I'll tell you everything. Actually, quite <laughs> similarly to the European picture, so we have the, the main um, French farmer syndicate, the FNSEA, who mm -hmm. also welcomed the deal and said that it was finally going to give some much-needed stability, clarity and serenity to, to French and European farmers. And also insisting that the, the eco-schemes, for example, so the greening of the new cap um, was already uh, very sufficient to push farmers on the agroecological transition and that there was not more pressure needed to, to, to push farmers even farther. Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, we have uh, another syndicate, the Coordination Rurale, which said that actually this cap totally failed to address um, social justice, greening, etc., for farmers and consumers, and mm. yeah, was pretty yeah deceived with the with the outcome of the vote. So quite a mixed bag of reactions as well from from French farmers. Absolutely, there. yeah. I like what you said about bringing serenity. I enjoy that kind of idea of bringing, bringing serenity. There's not been much serenity in the cap in the cap reform debate until now. Um, yeah, de definitely, definitely a mixed bag. And 
also there was a I mean predictably quite an outcry from uh, from civil society who have been campaigning a lot to scrap this cap. Um, we heard from uh, from them. There's the movement withdraw the cap. Um, they spoke they spoke to me and they were saying you know that basically that this battle may be lost but the war is far from over. So they were saying that they're promising to kind of continue campaigning and up their efforts and um actually the group is actually in the currently currently in the process of preparing legal action on the reform which yeah which i not to be honest with you don't have the details not entirely sure what that entails but um could be interesting so there's definitely um some fighting talk there can, from from yeah. the withdraw the cap movement and from the ngo side you know the cap reform deal was was heavily criticized heavily criticized but um they also you know looking forward to the future now so we're just as a quick refresher you know the next step of the cap reform is looking at these national strategic plans um Magdalena, maybe you can give a little what are these plans i'm talking about um give a little Summary. So, uh, yes, the national strategic plans basically means um, the way in which the 27 EU member states are each individually going to apply the new cap. Um, So um, they have until the 31st of December of this year to submit their national strategic plans to the European Commission. And in these plans and documents lay out how they intend to attain the, the nine objectives set out in the new cap scheme mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and there's still so many question marks about these national plans because as i mentioned you know a lot this cap reform is basically trying to shift a lot of uh responsibility and control from the eu to member states but you know it's as at the moment you know it's really unclear what's going to be in these plans they're supposed to be the main vehicle for the eu's green deal um there's a lot of uncertainty about to what extent they will align with the green deal to what extent the commission will accept a plan that's maybe not um, fully aligned with uh, the sustainability goals outlined in the, the eu's green deal part of which is the EU's flagship food and farming policy, the farm to fork strategy. Um, So stakeholders, you know, looking to the future, stakeholders basically are saying now kind of there's a begrudging acceptance, right? This cap reform's done. I think we all knew knew it was coming maybe at this plenary session. It was was very likely it was going to pass. But everyone's saying that basically uh, now all that's left to to do, I mean, people are going to be watching very, very closely and how member states develop their these plans and uh, NGOs are promising to hold, do everything they can basically to hold member states accountable um, in the process of drafting these plans to make sure that they are aligned, aligned with sustainability goals. And actually the parliament said the same thing so in the press conference following uh following the cap reform vote um i think it was peter yar which was one of the rapporteurs of the um of the cap reform he was responsible for the national strategic plans he was saying that you know that basically the rapporteurs maybe their job here is done for the moment but they're not going to be taking a back seat anytime soon they want to be involved in the discussion they want to be involved in uh, understanding how these plans are going to develop and what it means for the future of the sector. So all eyes on the future to see what this holds now. And obviously, uh, keep following your active and we'll be bringing you the news from from the member states. You're at uh, Magdalena, you'll be bringing all the news from France. We'll have everyone else bringing the news from elsewhere. Um, we actually have our 
it's just a little plug here in case anyone's interested we have a, a cap a, a tracker on the national strategic plans that's detailing kind of all the the movements of each member state and where they're at with the plans so be sure to check that out if you're interested in more so that's all from us this week and this week the Your Active Agri-Food podcast was produced by Natasha Foote and Magdalena Pistorius with the help of Mirko Paradiso. You can also check out this podcast on all major streaming platforms so that's Amazon, Apple, Spotify and Stitcher. So I'm Magdalena Pistorius, thank you very much for listening and see you next week. Mm-hmm.